This is episode number 254. Why can't you say no with Scott Mason and Casey Berman? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who've overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to our upcoming conversation that takes place every single Friday, which is a part of our weekly series called Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. What this is, is a series of conversations where we explore the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and appreciation, gratitude and resilience, and many other topics. If this is of interest to you, please visit our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details regarding our upcoming conversation, or simply join us through LinkedIn or Facebook at 10.45 a.m. Central Time on Friday. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show. If our show has had any form of impact in your life or helped you see your own world through a different lens, please consider supporting our work by making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. I'm grateful that we're able to reconnect and and do this every Friday and also people like Jessica who are tuning in and are able to join many of the conversations that we have. You know, today's topic is interesting to me for a couple of different reasons. I think first, when it comes to this ability to say no, I know I personally found it challenging in many different times. So I think this is in, for me, it's an important conversation, whether it's important for you, you get to decide that. But I figured that maybe one way we can even approach this topic is from our personal perspectives. And as the two of you know, I'm full of easy questions. So my question to you, as well as those that are listening right now, do you have a difficulty or do you find it difficult saying no? in life. Which one of you would like to start first and then which one of you would like to disagree with the other afterwards? <laughs> we're not just disagreeing, we're fighting. Casey, we're why don't fighting. you pick one? <laughs> uh, Scott, do you want to go? go? Go first. Well, I feel like this really is a Casey question, but I'll just say, I like to fancy myself as someone who has no problem saying no. And let me tell you, when my husband tries to make me eat some pork or something that I don't like, actually his pork is pretty good. But when he's trying to make me eat something that I don't want, like uh, like some sweet chicken or something, I have no problem saying no. But if I feel insecure, desperate, if I am coming from a scarcity-based mindset, even if it is you know, scarcity around, will I get another job? job being a a gig or an opportunity for my business? Or will I get more revenue? Or will I get another chance to do XYZ? If I'm driven by fear or scarcity, I find it very difficult to say no. I also 
find it very difficult to say no if I am in a mindset wherein I do not see opportunity costs, particularly opportunity costs associated with my time. Finally, I read somewhere that there's a certain well-known celebrity who does other things, who basically feels as to ego strokes as catnip is to a cat. And allegedly, all that you needed to do with this person was frame something so that it boosted his ego and he would always agree to it. He would always say yes. So I do find, I like to hope and pray that I am not a, a severe narcissist or anything like that. But I will say if it is an area where, in which I do not have a lot of ego strength and the question or the request plays to ego and it's an ego area where there's where I'm not aware of my own vulnerability, then it can be hard to say no because my ego need is driving the decision making. Is that good enough for you? Mm-hmm. Casey, do you have a rebuttal to his rebuttal? <laughs> I, no, that is that is great. I and and if if I go slow, I'm I'm traveling with the family, so I can uh, I can take off video if there's if if you can't hear me. But uh, to the question of do I have trouble saying no? I have a lot of trouble saying no. Um, it, oh. For me, it's about yes and uh, being a people pleaser. I think from day one in my life. Uh, I've been doing work kind of looking inward where that, where that comes from. Uh, you can get really touchy feely there and go down, go down a lot of rabbit holes, but it, it's good to sort of see. And, and so for me, uh, saying yes and helping people is something that, that I derive pleasure from. It's something that my subconscious uh, goes to for a number of reasons that I, I won't get into here. Um, but what it does is it, it's worked well for me. It's worked well for me in, in areas, social, uh, as an employee, within the matrix, uh, whatever matrix you want to talk about, it, it's worked well. I think what it, where it hasn't worked well is it it's hasn't let me, and I'm doing this now at this point in my life, it hasn't let me, it, it, it's blurred the work, it, it's blurred my vision as to who my true identity is or, or who I want it to be. Um, and... So that's a project that I've been doing recently is, is how to say no less, which is very, very hard for me. The reason I can't to the question, why can't you say no? So why can't Casey Berman say no? And this and, and why can't others say no? Is I think because we don't know what we want to say yes to. Mm. And we don't have a North Star. We don't have a strategic plan. So whether it's a business or whether it's us personally, we don't know what it is that we want to say yes to. We take it from the media, from family. Our yes is really when we see smile on other people, which is nice and works very well, right? Mm -hmm. But that's why I can't say no often because I don't know what my yes is. And so that's something I've been doing in recent years. It's something I help clients with in, in a lot of the work I do, the strategy work. And when you're able to do that, when you're able to do that, yes, find out what that yes is, it not only helps you say no more, it makes it easier to say no. So for example, something that's really inspired me is there's a book a talk called, Will It Make the Boat Go Faster? 
And it's a story about the 2000 Sydney Olympics, the British rowing team, the eights. And they had been, I guess, very poor for many, many years, the British team, at least the eight boat. And that year, well, late 90s, as they prepped for the 2000 Olympics, they said, we are going to win a gold. And they had one rule. Well, you ask anything. Do you want to go to the pub? Do you want to do a workout? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? They would literally say as a team, will doing X make the boat go faster? Unfortunately for them, going to the pub, it didn't help the boat go faster. But working out the next day did. And so they had one single goal, a gold, gold medal. That's difficult because our life is a bit more nuanced. But if you can kind of think of your goal, whether it's to have a net worth of $2 million, or whether it's to do a podcast or whether it's to get up early or whatever it is, you know, when you can ask that question, will it make my boat go faster? Uh, that really distills it down. And then you can say no easier because you can say, look, I've got this strategic plan and no offense or anything. I'm a real people pleaser, but like, I'm going to have to say no here because I'm trying to do X. I'm trying to wake up early. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to create a business, right? So that's something that has been intellectually, I get. It's been a great framework I've implemented recently. Um, emotionally, I'm still trying to, to make it more visceral. Mm -hmm. Scott? Jessica, though, points us to something that can play into this. And I appreciate your acknowledgement, Casey, that human relationships in all of their nuance are a little bit more complex than a single goal, like just winning an Olympic medal, for instance. Yeah. And so one example of what I believe she's talking about that comes to mind is a certain family member that I, who, if I say no to, even if politely, crosses their arms, mm -hmm. goes into a corner. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can say no to me. <laughs> no, I won't talk to you again either. You said no to me. Right? Like that sort of thing does make it more difficult. Now, the problem I have in that situation is once I feel like I'm being manipulated into a yes or being made to feel guilty for no, because I am someone, I would not really call myself a people pleaser. Perhaps I'm in denial about that, but that's not really who I how I self-conceptualize. I'd like to default for yes to yes because I like adding value into this world. But I, that's not to make you happy. That's just because it's an ethical obligation. On the other hand, mm -hmm. as someone who knows full well my tendency is to say yes, and when I say no, I mean it. If someone manipulates or acts out that way, then the hammer comes down like Thor on the world's tiniest nail. And it's not appreciated. And then in my case, it becomes mega easy to say no to you forever because that trust has been violated. So I feel like an important part of saying no is being able to communicate it in a way that's respectful and doesn't hurt people yeah. mm -hmm. and doesn't personalize it. But also we as people who hear no have to be able to take it yeah. and be able to not insert our own little story, pull ourselves out of the matrix, as you would say, Casey, and understand that people have other agendas than just meeting your need in the moment. And it may be for all I know you may say no to me and you may even give me a reason that's not true because you don't want to share what's really going on. It may be something super heartbreaking. And so there is an interpersonal element to this. Receiving no is part of the art of 
interacting with that in yeah. the um, dialect yeah. or dialectic. You know, turn your shoulder to me and go in the corner. Uh, okay. I, I was just saying, you know, Scott, I don't even need that person to turn their shoulder. If, if they just look at me funny, I, I can, mm -hmm. I can turn and say yes. Right. So I, I get the guilt aspect. It's a, it's a really, it's a really great point. And you need to make that determination. My kids get me all the time, but I have also looked even in the past week, some moments in business and even in the family where I've just said, I'm just not going to do that. And, and I felt better about it. And I think the other person, I know the other person while they, they gave me a stink eye in the beginning, I think they appreciated it yeah. and, and it actually made the relationship healthier, but it's yeah. you know, hard to do. The other thing that I've been curious about, and I'm glad that the two of you brought up this topic. So one of the situations where I find it challenging to say no to certain circumstances, especially if I don't have a developed relationship with the individual, and that is seeing elements of myself or seeing elements of my journey within that person, but yet knowing if I look at my calendar, there's just no way to be able to accommodate whatever the time frame is. And so I'm curious from the two of you, both of your perspectives, A, how do you personally recognize that? And B, do you make an exception to that rule of saying no to people that you might not have met before or first time, but yet you see an element of yourself maybe from five or 10 years ago when you were starting off and then you can recall the difficulty or how challenging it was to begin a career, to begin a project, to find that first dollar, to get the first speaking gig, like all these things. So I, there's, I, I don't know what the fine line is. I think if anything, what I've learned from my experience is that that line fluctuates quite a bit because not every single person is the same and nor not every single person has the same request of you. Some people simply do just want five or 10 minutes of your time to figure out how to get through whatever the wall that they're experiencing. Can, can either of you or Melody or Alyssa, Jessica, or anyone else, can you relate to those circumstances? And if so, what, what do you do in that situation? Is, is the question when you're starting out or you're younger, how do you discern when it's right to say no and when not? How do you discern from your end in knowing what you know now to connecting with someone else who might be in a similar path that you were five or 10 years ago? Do you say no to individuals like that? Do, does that? Does that rule of saying no apply to them as well? Or do you say yes because you see a part of yourself within them? Yeah. So I think that's a good question. I mean, part of me when it comes, to, I'm 47. And so I want to help 46. You're 46. 23. <laughs> right. But I'm, I, I took a Benjamin Button skill. I'm on the, I'm on the way down. I'm on the way. <laughs> I'm going back. Um, but I think, I, I mean, my, I want to say yes to people who are starting out. I definitely want to mm -hmm. get back and help. And, and there are times where I do informational interviews uh, with people they come in, they don't really know what their question is. It, it could be looked at as a waste of time, but then I help them and I say, look, I'm a nice guy. So take this for what it is, but here's how you want to do an informational interview. You want to ask this question, do it this way. You know, don't, don't, don't come in clueless like you did with me uh, with someone else who may not be as nice and they appreciate it and so on. So I'm okay 
because for me, that, that is a yes. That's something that I want to do. I want to give back. I want to help, even if it's a little bit messy or not the most efficient meeting. I think where I've said, so, so for that, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. And, and people helped me in the past. And I was a bumbling 26-year-old who didn't really know how to hold a conversation. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do that. I think, where, for example, where there, there was a younger person on a business front who, who I recently said no to. Um, and he, they're just, the vibe wasn't there. And it was, you know, we've talked about this all. Like it was, it was a very transactional relationship on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, not transformational, not giving. And so that's something I don't know if I would have realized 10, 15 years ago. It's mm-hmm. something that I realize now and I backed away. Um, and, and I don't know if I would have done that years ago. I would have kind of kept, hey, there's more here, there's more here. But that's an example of me realizing it, having experienced it um, with, with someone where I, where I said no this week. Mm-hmm. I could see how Nancy John's phrase that she's coined transformational and transactional relationship has become a part of many of our lives here. <laughs> Scott, do, can you relate? Do you experience similar situations like that? Yeah. Almost as long as I have been in a position of any authority in my life, I have been approached by people or on the behalf of people who are starting out in whatever phase of their life. And they may be young. They may not be young. (laughs) They may even be older than I am. But they're looking for knowledge that I have to impart or maybe connections that I could bring to them or something else of value that I can offer. In that situation, my inclination, particularly if it is a referral from someone else, but sometimes it's even been random people that I've met in the elevator or on the street, I will have that initial meeting because like Casey, I was the person, a part of my personal narrative has been that people have not been there to help me. I've had to achieve, particularly in large organizational life, whereas Oleg, you know, and I don't know if Casey, you know this, but, you know, I I had a boss tell me one time, Scott, it will never be you. You'll never have a mentor. Mm -hmm. And so I have extreme empathy for people's needs around that because it hurt so much having to figure things out for myself and not having people to turn to. However, I'm also a big believer in not exploiting others. Mm -hmm. And I love it when I'm not the one being exploited. So I'll usually say yes, and I'll take a phone call or a meeting. I will monitor how that meeting goes. If the person is only talking about themselves and they have no interest in me or anything I have to do whatsoever, or say, or even knowing anything besides my first name, I'm a little bit less generous with my share because uh, I, I don't believe when it comes to self-absorption or uh, transactional relationships that I have an obligation to feed a beast. However, mm-hmm. and the other thing I ask is to tell me whatever happened to you. I give you all this information. I send you on the next part of your journey and I never hear from you again. Mm-hmm. If the person I hear back from them as to what happened, if there are things like thank you, and if they are if they are people that follow up and, and have a more connective approach to the relationship, then they are much more likely to gain in the long term. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that, yes, in that case is generally the default, 
but it's not an unlimited yes. And the fishing pole does not have an endless supply of string. Mm. What are your non-negotiables after a conversation, especially after an initial conversation? If I never hear from you again, yeah, if I've given you information of value, and especially if I've done intros and I never hear thank you, that's a non-negotiable. The other thing that has happened is there are some people in my life who are not necessarily strong networkers, which is cool. Not everyone is. And they have asked me to tap my own network and or meet with someone and do favors. In some cases, they've been favors that have been lifts, like buying money in a company that I had to give someone they wanted to have a job offer. Mm-hmm. And if they're, if the person totally blows me off after I go through all of this work to set up a, a meeting, or if they are, like in that case, I did find money in my company's budget to give them an offer. And they said, well, sorry, you're not paying enough. This was someone that was an ex-inmate. So then that's a Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. When that person has asked me to tap into my network again, I have had a conversation and said, look, the last person you referred to me, this is what happened. Or I, you referred me and I, they, I asked me to access my network and pass this resume around. And this person got a job and I never heard. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That is a conversation. It won't necessarily be a deal closer for future transactions, but I feel like we have to protect ourselves. Part of self-love isn't just being nice to everyone. Like Casey said, being a people pleaser or being generous, generosity is wonderful. And we do have an obligation to be that way, but we can't be generous as the cliche goes, if we've given everything that we have and if, and what we tolerate, we endorse And so endorsing exploitation of the resources that I have available is something I personally ain't have. That's a profound point. Makes me think of, I think, the similar concept, and that is how can you give something that you don't have yourself? And and whether it's self-respect or admiration or appreciation or all these other things, it's the same exact thing. You know, the other thing that makes me think of before – I pass it on to Casey in regard to his own non-negotiables after a conversation, but thinking about my own experience and where, for example, I had said yes to one person. What I realized was for me, there was a critical component within that going into the next conversation. And that's choosing to challenge my own assumptions and expectations about how the last one ended. So as you were describing that situation, Scott, I thought of numerous times where I would have conversations with people and they would do similar things, let's say not follow up. I'm not, I can't say I'm that big on the uh, receiving a thank you. For me, follow up, I think is on a um, higher priority or list of priorities. So if we have a conversation as even the two of you have known me for however long, like you understand that about me. When we commit to certain things, for me, it's important that we follow up because otherwise it's like, why did we do that for, you know, especially if it's an action and then there's no follow up on that action or with that action, then it, to me, I perceive it as, okay, well, we just spent time doing what, like, what was the, what was the purpose of that particular meeting or, or conversation? That's, that's just how I look at it. The joy of hot air spent for no reason. 
hey, sometimes it serves a purpose, but there are times when it truly doesn't. So, it's Casey. Casey, what are yours? Can you hear us? What are your non-negotiables after a conversation? Yeah, I would. I would like a thank you. Um, appreciate just the thank you note. Pretty simple. I really appreciate it. Uh, I like um, the follow up. Here's here's what I heard, and then also you know something can what what can I do for you? Uh, even if it's just something down the road. For me, it's just the the gratitude and the connection, and and even if it's just some an effusive email saying hey it was great. Um, so I don't I don't really have some some hard and fast. Just kind of more more what we do. Certain pleasantries like that's fine. Play the game. Just say thank you. For me, when it comes to when it comes to the no, is is um, what's important for me is helping me refine again. Like I said, my yes. I mean, I think we can talk about the stuff that that we don't want to do, but um, for me, it's really been laying out goals and where do I want to. Where where do, where do I want to be? What, what do I want my net worth in two years? What do I really want to focus on? You know, I was sitting um, yesterday uh, doing a call for for someone that we all know. Um, he asked uh, he he helped me with something. He's a coach. He asked me to do uh, speak to someone about a testimonial for him. You know, I mean, it's kind of like okay, I'll do it. It's definitely doesn't really help my business. Doesn't. It, it's kind of a favor I'm doing, you know, it's early in the morning, but it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I think I knew going into the conversation, one, I want to help this person out. He had done a lot for me, but two, I was actually intrigued. And I think for me, when something comes up, there's that intuition you have, like, am I going to enjoy this 30 minutes, uh, this 45 minutes? Am I dreading it? Um, if I know I'm, if I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it, great. Box is checked. If I have a feeling I'm going to dread it, then is that just me or maybe I need more information? Maybe you want to email the person and say, hey, I know we have a call scheduled Friday or I know you talked to me about a business idea. Put an email. Let me hear your thoughts. Like, what is this? Have them do a little bit of upfront work so that you can see them put some effort in and, and maybe get a little, little bit more color. But that's kind of the turning point for me. Will it make my boat go faster? Will I enjoy this? Um, that's a big a big thing that I often haven't listened to and then just kept kept saying yes. Mm -hmm. Well, first things first, I probably should be taking down some notes here for, for the two of you <laughs> to make sure I, I cross off all the checklists. But the, the other thing that comes to mind is when you think about, especially Casey, as you were sharing that story, do you find yourself sending a message, whether it's a text, email, whatever it is, uh, asking about how the conversation went, but simultaneously, do you do you send that message not solely to hear about how the conversation went, but more so is it to help yourself receive some of the things that you described? You mean if I've requested the meeting? So, for example, you make an introduction for me, and I don't follow up for whatever reason. You send me a text message afterwards saying, hey, how did the meeting go? What is the purpose of that text message to me? Is it to meet some of the core internal things on your end, like appreciation, follow-up, you know, making sure that the connection worked out well, or is there something else beneath that? I think it's, it's continuing to vet you. Did Oleg follow up? Because if he didn't, mm -hmm. I'm not sure I want to make another intro because that's a reflection on me, mm -hmm. right? 
So that's what it, that's what it would be. Um, I've done that. And most people I think follow up, like if someone makes an entry, you, you both have made introductions for me and I, and almost all the time, there've been some delays when I just didn't get the LinkedIn message, but I mean, almost all the time I, I want to respond first, Scott, mm -hmm. thanks for the intro. Really appreciate it. Hey, Scott's friend. Great to meet you. Um, cause I, I mean, I really appreciate it. it, it it's gold. Uh, if someone doesn't do that, you, I give them the benefit of the doubt, but that's, I mean, that's almost like shaking hands or eating with your mouth mm -hmm. closed. Right. I mean, that's nowadays, that's just sort of what you do. Um, so that'd be, that'd be the, the follow-up. I think if I was, uh, you know, to help me say no, usually, uh, to help me determine yes or no, if someone wants to make an introduction or wants to speak with me or take up some of my time, um, if they just come from a friend, there are those moments like, I'm just going to do this, but, uh, it's great to hear that person say, you know, I really enjoy, I saw you do this. I saw you do that. I'd really enjoy your, your time. So for example, I have something I'm working on with two other people. I have a friend who I thought would really fit. He's very busy, um, and close friend, but I let him know, I said, look, man, I think there'd be a really good fit with what you're doing and what we're doing. I want to introduce you to it. I want to be sensitive to your time, but I let him know it wasn't just, Hey, let's get to go there and BS, but I wanted him to know where I saw his skills are a fit and where he could really help us. And then I said the question, do you still want to talk? Right. Mm -hmm. I gave him the opportunity to, to say no or to not just do it as a charity for me. And, uh, and I think he appreciated it and, and we've kept the conversation going. So it's that sort of upfront prep, that, that is empathetic, as Scott said, like I'm empathetic to someone, um, their time, but also that I understand where they're coming from and that I put some work in to see if that this may be valuable for them. Why are conversations like that? And this could be a question to either of you or anyone that's listening right now. Conversations such as being upfront about some of these things, such as honoring my own values. And I guess if anything, I'm asking this question myself internally. But I'm thinking about it. Why do they appear to be difficult? I know one of the things that we've hinted <laughs> towards is the people pleasing, not wanting people to feel rejected because I remember I read this book however many months ago. It's called Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I don't know if the two of you know him or anyone that's listening. He is a former Marine, I believe, who yeah. went on afterwards and did all of these um incredible incredible things like you know set a world record for most pull-ups like there's no way i can compete with that i'm five or ten and i'm good but it, what i've learned from that book as it relates to this point is the difficulty of having an honest conversation or saying what needs to be said and all the things that he pointed with in that book as far as people pleasing not wanting to feel rejected all these other things and the way that he summarized that chapter, he said the reason why he felt the the he felt strongly about them is because he has felt them himself. There was a time where he was rejected. There was a time where he was X, Y, and Z. And I just remember listening to that book and relating it to my own journey and thinking that that's why I find it challenging sometimes. Even if it is someone who I'm seen as myself five or 10 years from today, or even a month from today. And yet I choose to reach out and it's the same exact thing. Well, you know, we're talking a lot about 
relationships and connecting mm-hmm. and taking time for other people and introductions. And so I, I guess, and, and, and there is a lot of difficulty there. There's guilt, there's relationships who want to help. Mm-hmm. I think the no, where, where I would go is even, is even broader than that. I mean, take, if maybe you, you take some time and you just give yourself four or five conversations mm-hmm. a week or a month or whatever it is where you do say yes and you help people out. Mm-hmm. For me, again, where, where I've been very important is, is, understanding, is understanding the yes. So I know I can't say no because I want to please people, but I also think that I can't say no because I'm letting other, other things and people determine what I, what I do each day, what I do each week. And so that's why I can't say no. I can't say no because I have a void of, of what it is I want to say yes to. So maybe a lot of the times we're reason that we're taking time and helping people. It's, well, I want to help younger people. I want to do this, but also I just, I don't know what to fill my time with. I don't want to meditate because that's boring and my mind races and I know I should connect with a higher self, but I just, I don't want to go there. I want to be busy. Busy equals good. So then, but then I don't know what busyness I I should do. So whether it's talking with people and having conversations, whether it's exercise, whether it's what big projects I should do this week. Um, for me, I think the reason that we can't say no to it and that we even get into guilt and what Goggins is talking about is because I don't think we've really laid our laid out our map as to what we want to say yes to, which Ola, you and Scott and you're teaching me, but you do with your plan, right? That I want to mm-hmm. I want to interview 100 people. I want to write these books. I want to I want to travel the world. Right. So I think when you when you filled in your week of your yeses, that gives you a good heat map as to where you have time to say no. And then, or yes, and uh, and and you kind of go from there. I I would flip it as let the yeses in your life dictate what you say no to. So, mm-hmm. Melody's comment: we need to honor our values and beliefs is related to that. Understanding the honors and beliefs are tied to what we want to do and what our goals and objectives are, and so having a roundabout global picture of that is truly important. In my mind, because I have, I do have certain goals for myself. I would say to myself, "Is this mission critical? Is this mission neutral, or is it junk?" And I'm working on being more attuned to what is junk, and then what is mission neutral. Those are things that I might say yes to, but they might be yes a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Intros are an interesting discussion because sometimes I do, and it depends on who the intro is from. Sometimes I do um, want to, I think it is generally good practice to say yes to an intro. However, there are some individuals who are really, really good connectors and they can overwhelm you with intros, in which case then I have to discern and I may strategically say, it might make me look bad, but I can't take 10 intros in the next 10 days. I just can't. I have too many other things. Or I might be too busy with a client issue to even think about looking at LinkedIn or Facebook or other places where they're where an intro is something that truly is optional for me to respond to. Yes, I should as quickly as possible as a matter of courtesy, but sometimes I just can't. And so part of saying no for me that's been really helpful 
as well as saying yes, is identifying maybe related to what you're saying or maybe stated in less in a less nuanced way, Casey, is understanding also what are my priorities versus someone else's priorities. Just because someone else has yes. a high priority, that doesn't mean it automatically becomes mine. And intros are around that sometimes too. Now, if the person, for instance, if Oleg emails me, if I've been looking for um, an astronomer, for months to appear on my podcast and all of a sudden Oleg has an astronomer and he says here's Scott here's the astronomer you've been looking for for five months then of course Oleg is doing that because he's attempting to respect my priorities and that's going to get a lot more attention or if Oleg or you Casey you're actually a great example of this both of you who have done so much for me and who I am so grateful for that your priorities escalate almost to the level of mine out of a sense of gratitude, then that's a different story. Yeah. And the whole mission adjacent or not, right? Because what is mission adjacent also or mission critical isn't purely task oriented, but it goes as to the relationship itself. Going back to what Jessica said about the relationship playing into how we and when we respond to things, you are a priority of, or what you want is a priority of mine because you all, maybe not that particular request is, um, may not be mission critical, but you all, I consider mission critical. Hello, yeah. Susan Cruz. It's good to see you, by the way, two days in a row. She is going to pursue her North Star, so that's incredible that she's yeah. able to take instant action from a conversation like this. She just this. said no. She said no to she us, right? No. <laughs> and it's, it's great. Uh, first of all, like I think Scott said I'm too nuanced, so I think I'm going to be more direct in what I've said. No, I'm, oh, I'm too simple. I am. I know it. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, and I'll just add, no, Scott, I think you're 100% right. And, and for me, I mean, take this podcast. You know, mm -hmm. I've been doing it for a few months now. It was a no-brainer when he said, hey, Casey, let's do it weekly. I, I'm up early on the West Coast to do this. I move my schedule around. Uh, some days it, I have to say no when I'm doing something else, which is totally fine. But, you know, 97% of the time I'm here. And the decision when I said yes was, kind of, was just kind of a no-brainer. Like, I, I enjoy it. I get to talk. I get to listen. I get to share. I get to practice. And and refine something I like to do, which is to collaborate like this. Uh, I get to, I get a question in the week from Oleg, which makes me think, and I do some research and I think about it. So that was really a no brainer. And I think it's a no brainer because it hasn't always been a no brainer. I've been doing work on myself. I've created my career. I've been doing these things for many years and now this appears. And it's a no brainer just because I, 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 in some ways I've known what my yes is. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage everyone that the art of saying no is, or the art of saying yes is a lot of it. Uh, we know already it's within inside within us and uh, to listen to common sense and also listen, listen to your intuition or based on what Scott, you said, listen to that urgent, is this on my urgent project plan. So whether it's more nuanced and touchy-feely or whether it's something very practical on a project plan, there's probably a way you can answer whether it's something you do or, or not. I would like to also steal a page from the book of someone I'm very fond of by the name of Yvonne Dam. Oleg, I mentioned her to mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Oh, and you know her too, Casey? I am. Um, 
I've been connected for, from, uh, I think from Oleg, yeah. Oh, good. yeah, she's terrific. Yeah. So Yvonne has a class that she teaches on saying no that I took. And Yvonne had a really good point, which is that a lot of times when you say no, people's value of you magically seems to go up because they're assuming that you're saying no because you have high priority things to do. And so if you're saying yes all the time, they devalue the yes because they are assuming that you're, you're just not as important or you don't have as many other obligations. And that was a really important point that we haven't really covered yet. If we value people, if we want people to value us, sometimes saying no can be a, a way to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I, I also think that it directly ties into a line that my accountant shared with me a couple of weeks ago, and that is she was corresponding with someone else and in this individual signature, you know, in, in Gmail, you, you can see people create their own signatures, their own taglines. And this person's tagline was my hours are not your hours, or I think it was the other way around. Your hours are not my hours. And I think it directly, directly relates to this conversation. My yes is not your yes. And the same thing with the, no, <coughs> with the no. So however it is that, Whatever it is that you want in life, I may not want the same thing. And that's okay. It's okay to have different levels of joy. There's a way that I that I said it, which totally annoys my wife and kids, which is <laughs> your lack of planning is not my emergency. Yeah. Um, right? Just because XYZ happened doesn't mean I just, you know, I'm going to say no, like you deal with it. Yeah. which normally the house is on fire and then I do get up and deal with it. But, and then I've ticked them off. So now I have to do it and I've made them angry, but, you know, so. <laughs> but, but it's right. I like that. I like that. Like your hours are not, are not my hours. We were, mm -hmm. I will get the work done, but I'm going to do it at my pace and I'm going to mm -hmm. do it within my environment. And, and you just be cool with that. Mm -hmm. Jessica, I love that little story that you just put up in your very most recent comment. That is actually a really positive way to look at being told no to. Uh, that's that's a great reframe. I really admire and respect that. Now, I will. I have to say though, we want to say no when we need to. Um, I, I, I'll just sort of throw out here. I don't know this person, but in a tagline, try and keep it positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and what messages are we sending out to the world about ourselves? There was a real estate agent I knew once whose tagline was, let me put you in your place. Um, you know. <laughs> I mean, that could be beneficial in many different ways. <laughs> I personally like to... Um, More of an invitation, of right? <laughs> Would you like me to put you in your place? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, would I say that my answer to you is no, unless I say yes is my tagline or something like that? I guess I could, but I need to be, <laughs> I want to be also careful about what sort of image I'm setting out in the world. And who knows? I don't know this person, so they may like having a certain image. I know the woman, the woman who said, let me put you in your place. This was the perfect tagline for her. It was very authentic. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a movie. I think it's. Harold and Kumar, I, uh, man, it's been five, six years ago where he pulls out the T-shirt and it says, yes means no, or no means yes. And on the back, it says, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of loaded. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> As we wrap up today's 
conversation. I'm curious to hear in your opinion and once again, your perspective, what do you believe is the relationship between gratitude and the ability to say no, if there is one to begin with? Once again, easy question. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not easy, but it's a good one. Jessica, actually, that comment that you just posted on the screen a minute ago, Oleg, that was a good point. You mm -hmm. can learn from saying, from being told no to, mm -hmm. and you can learn if you say no and have made a mistake in saying, or, or if you've said yes and made a mistake in not saying no. Mm -hmm. Like I said yes to this because superficially I thought it would meet some goal or I wanted to be nice or whatever, but I'm drowning in work and it's all boring and ridiculous and my life has been ruined because of it. Then, then there is a positive side to, uh, to, to how this might play out for you. Yeah. Casey. <clears throat> well, if you think of gratitude, if you think of appreciation as, 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 you know, really is, is, being in the moment and really understanding that you have everything you need and that everything is okay and that the universe is working for you and that something that may look bad is actually something that you can learn from you know if appreciation or gratitude or those definitions or pulls from something like that then what that means to me is if i say no to somebody i'm going to be okay it's not going to mm -hmm. hurt me uh they're not going to get mad at me there's i'm not going to be a social pariah they're not going to come back and want revenge on me uh, i'm not going to miss out fomo miss out on some big opportunity because i didn't do x y and z and if anything it helps me lower the opportunity cost of doing that mm -hmm. um, maybe maybe i just need some time by myself on that afternoon to to recharge maybe i need to really go back to what's important to me and spend spend some distraction free time with with my kids and with my wife or with my parents or 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 with myself or with with a buddy or whatever it is so i think that you can see that saying no kind of brings you to the it, it's another road that can bring you to where appreciation wants you to go in in the first place mm-hmm what what are some places that people can connect with the two of you and learn more about what you say yes to in your lives? Well, uh, I'll start. Uh, leave if you go to leavelawbehind.com, uh, I help attorneys uh, say no to unhappy lives and to their their current job and say yes to a new non law dream career. So find me at leavelawbehind.com. K C C A S E Y at leavelawbehind.com or on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm connected to, to these two guys. Scott Mason. If you would like me to be a speaker who brings passion, energy, and gravitas to a special event that you or someone that you know is hosting, speakerscott.com. And if you would like to hear stories of entrepreneurs and influencers who have connected to their higher purpose to build a better self, and a better world. Go to purposehighway.com. And I do want to say this before we close, that we were talking about some sensitive areas a little bit earlier, and I don't want anyone to think that there is ever a lack of gravity associated with saying no or saying yes, and that any 
jokes or anything that, you know, I might have said, reflect any lack of, of sensitivity or respect for that. Because saying yes and saying no is something that goes to the chorus of who we are and our freedom in this world. It's something that always needs to be taken seriously. I appreciate you mentioning that, Scott. I also want to appreciate everyone that's been a part of this, the two of you, as well as Jessica, Melody, Alyssa, and so many others for being a part of this and saying yes to this space today in the show, because I'm walking away with a lot more than I walked in with all these perspectives around the ability to say no coming or understanding it from the lens of what's important or bring, what brings me joy. I know that is something that I've known, but I, I think due to other activities, obligations, priorities, whatever it is, it sometimes has been put on the back burner without a doubt. So having conversations like this, it just reaffirms me the importance of bringing those questions back into my life. So I just want to appreciate everyone that's been a part of it. And I want to appreciate the two of you for choosing to have this conversation with me. Grateful too. Great to be here. Thanks. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next time.